Today is a special episode to talk about the passing of Queen Elizabeth II with our UK correspondent, none other than Kevin Curtis Allen. This is Simple Joe for Monday, September 12th, 2022. Kevin Curtis Allen, our UK correspondent. My friend, I am so sorry to hear about the passing of Queen Elizabeth II. Yeah, thanks for that, uh, Joe. It's, I don't really know how to react. It's a, a strange situation. Um, obviously, I never met the lady, but she's been a constant in my life since, obviously, that I was born. I'm 55 years old, and she was on the throne 70 years, so... She's always been there. So it does seem strange at the moment. I can't get used to saying King Charles III. Sounds like we've got a dog in charge of us now. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it's a bizarre situation. And there's definitely a very, a very strange feeling in the country at the moment. I suppose it's, we're all in mourning for, the, for her loss. We all knew it was coming eventually. Obviously, she was 96. She's been in ill health for a while. In actual fact, she's basically mimicking the same situation as my mother-in-law who at the moment is um is not well at all in hospital and we don't know how long she's got so we maybe that's makes it a little bit more come come home to roost sort of thing because obviously we're we're experiencing the same thing in real time but yeah it, as i said i think when we previously recorded the podcast i thought that when this day came that there would be a lot of mourning and there would be a lot of reaction to the passing of the queen and people would would react in a way that they felt like they've lost a family member and she was our our mother our grandmother yeah of the country basically yeah and that's how a lot of people are, have, have taken it i know I've, I've spoken to people in on the isle of Wight that have taken ferries taken trains just to go up to to buckingham palace and lay flowers just to be there right I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's amazing, Kevin. I mean, seven decades on the throne, seven decades, yeah. uh, 15, like I said, a constant. Uh, 15 prime ministers, <laughs> Winston, Winston Churchill. She, she became queen when Winston Churchill was the prime minister, Margaret Thatcher. She saw Margaret, Th Margaret Thatcher and Boris Johnson. And finally Liz Truss, um, my gosh. I mean, you talk about you're talking about a, just a, a, somebody that's a staple, somebody that is a ingrained in the lives of really the whole world. I mean, 70 years, most of us, most of us don't know another queen of England other than queen Elizabeth, right? The second. Uh, yeah, this is exactly, exactly a situation that we are in. We have, um, this constant that spin there, regardless of prime ministers, of, of the swings to the left and the right in the in the political forum in the UK and across America and across the world, there's always been this constant. The Queen has always been there. She's been a a figurehead for the for the UK for the whole of that time, and she's done a job that people didn't appreciate at times. And I think that that's a very poor way of looking at it. She really, it may not okay. She may not have been as someone said doing physical work 
But that lady, Caroline, until she's 96 years old, still carrying out state occasions, still swearing in the last prime minister only two days before a passing. There's not many people that can say that they're going to be doing those sort of responsibilities at that sort of age and completely with it, completely with it. She was still functioning on, on, on a normal level and sharp as a razor, I think, has, has been used to describe her. Mm-hmm. She's an incredible thing at 96 years old. I mean, here's a person that from the beginning, at a very young age, she was thrust into this, right? Uh, yes. And you got, you've got to remember when she was born, she wasn't expected to, to um, become queen because of the, the abdication of her uh, uncle, mm-hmm. which put her father in, in, in as king. If that hadn't have happened, she would never have been a being queen. So, it wasn't expected, so she wasn't groomed for it until such time as her father became the king. And here's the thing. She, she, was, she was a woman of, from the beginning, dignity and class and grace and honor. Uh, she really was the, the moral compass for the country. And Oh, yeah, completely, completely. And she, she's, she's managed to carry that through some very difficult times and you know she set the standard for the uk and she's done so people don't understand a lot of people think that the royal family is a very expensive thing to to keep and many royal families there are royal families across europe that are now very very underfunded and they are almost just just not really of any status and we don't hear about them I mean, there's a royal family in sweden there's a royal family in norway for instance but you wouldn't be able to name them you probably wouldn't recognize them but you're all everybody in the world recognizes queen elizabeth in, in many ways and and i have to tread lightly because uh i am I, i'm very american and and very pro-america and uh, i can forgive you that and uh, you know, I'm I'm glad I'm glad we won the war. So, but in many ways, in many ways, Kevin, uh, she was the world's queen in a in a figurative sense. In a in a that they were everybody respected her because of the not. And I'll say this: they didn't respect her because of the position. They respected her because of the person, and she always carried herself. And, and, and I got to think that even from Winston church, cause she had some Winston Churchill and her at, at a very young age, they, I'm not sure they liked each other very much. Well, but the Churchill, uh, was obviously a first prime minister, but he did take a, he did take to her. It, it was a, a, the beginning, I think. He was concerned because she was a young woman and what was she going to be like? Because he'd been used to a man's man mm-hmm. and dealing with men, obviously. And you've got to remember at that time, there was nobody in parliament that was a female. Right. Completely different to, to now in the UK. Right. So, but he did take to her very well. And their, their relationship did, did change over the years. And she was very, um, pro Winston Churchill. Although, of course, Winston didn't last long after the war. Although he did another term, 
they soon ousted him and moved mm-hmm. on to a, a Labour government. Now, she's seen lots of Labour governments and she's seen lots of Conservative governments, but all the time she stayed neutral. But she always has an audience every week, even during COVID, she would still have an audience with her Prime Minister. And that was quite risky with Boris Johnson's um, track record of COVID, I'll tell you. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting. I, I saw a video of, do you know Jordan? Have you, you've, heard, you've heard of Jordan Peterson? Jordan Peterson wrote uh, a couple books, very popular here in the United States. He's Canadian. Uh, he wrote two books. Uh, well, 12 Rules for Life. Uh, he, 12 More Rules for Life. I mean, he's, he's, really, he's really gained a lot of popularity here in the United States, but he's from Canada. Uh, and he, he just gave a beautiful, I, I would invite you, Kevin, and whoever else is listening here to, to look up, um, Jordan B. Peterson's thoughts on the queen. And he just off the cuff eloquently explained the benefits of a monarchical, um, Republic and it wouldn't work here in the United States. And one point he made is the part of the reason it works so well is Number one, it's it's the moral compass of the country, and so far for seventy years, she has been, and she has she has handled herself, like I said, with grace and dignity and honor. But number two, there's a humbling aspect to uh, to requiring the politicians to come to her for even if it is figuratively, even if it is uh, to come to her for approval and come to her for for a report for a state of the nation i don't know what you guys call it but it, it humbles the egos of of the politicians it humbles the egos of the prime ministers and that's important to your political process yeah she's she has this weekly meeting as i say with a prime minister where they would discuss meetings and that is a completely private meeting and the lot of the prime minister's because obviously during, in politics, everything gets leaked, everything gets spoken about. Mm-hmm. So there's nothing, you can't say anything in politics these days without it being leaked or twisted or turned. Whereas the Queen was a person they could go talk to and discuss politics of the day. And they would know that, that conversation would go no further right. than speaking to her. Now, I'm hoping that Charles will do exactly the same. And he's already admit, he's already stated that he has now a new responsibility and will perhaps not be as outspoken on on things that he was outspoken on as a prince. So now he's the monarch and he's got to take up that mantle. But yes, yeah, she really was a guidance to some of the prime ministers that came in and they all speak highly of her and they all, I wouldn't say, were, were quite concerned when when talking to her because she could be quite sharp and and would let you know if she felt that that you weren't conducting yourself in the way you should and she's been like you say that constant and she would use Churchill quite regularly every time I know for a fact every time a prime minister came to ask to form parliament when they were re-elected well that's another issue because we don't elect all our all our leaders, but you know that's a bit of a grey area. So Liz Truss went to her just last week and asked to form a, a parliament, and she gave her the permission to do so. So in in theory, 
she could dissolve Parliament, as I said, I think, previously. Mm -hmm. But Liz Truss went to her. Well, she then has said to her that you do realise that Winston was my first Prime Minister. That's the... the <laughs> That's her standard, right? That's her... Yeah. You know, and let's, she let's only make this clear. Ever, she only ever refers to Winston by his Christian name. Every other Prime Minister would have been Mr. Blair, Mrs. Thatcher. She would never use a Christian name for any Prime Minister after Winston Churchill, which I thought was really interesting. You know, I, I want to make a remark about, about maybe some of the complaints that, that you hear about how much it costs to fund the royal family. And uh, even we, we talk about that over here a lot, man. They, they, you know, they're tax dollars. But here's, the, here's, the, here's what I found out is the royal family is a net positive for oh yeah for uh for your country so yeah. whatever tax dollars you pay it's a net positive uh i think she was quite quite a good tool when we were doing uh trade deals with other countries and i one in particular i'm thinking of that's very close to your heart your uh, your president was quite keen to meet the queen I think that oiled the wheels of a deal. So yeah, I think she she definitely would speak to people that perhaps the prime minister of the day wouldn't feel comfortable to. So she will either have them as uh, guests at Buckingham Palace, or she will go and visit the country. Quite often she did that, and quite often she will talk to the the prime minister will talk to the queen about a certain leader of a country, and she might remark, "Well, I knew his father," or Yes, we dealt with him or we dealt with someone in in years gone by from that country because she's got, like you say, this depth, 70 years of experience. So she knows how these things work. And she was up to date and she was in well informed. You know, she when she does things like knighting people, she wouldn't and you'd think, oh, she's just got this queue of people, but she would have a little bit of information on every single person that she knighted. Mm. So she would know a little bit of their background. And she not knighted a, a fair few people in her time, obviously, sure. over the 70 years. But what my my point in it, it yes, she definitely was effective with other leader other heads of state. Uh it, you know, she was definitely uh, effective with negotiation. Uh but the tourism that the yes. royal family generates the tourism dollars if we just talk about dollars and cents if we look at the royal family as a product all right as an attraction the amount of tourism that the royal family generates the money tourism money that the royal family generates for uh for the uk for england well well offsets it's a it's a dramatic net positive to the amount the amount that the taxpayers have to pay to to uh support the royal family and that's yeah for for, I think the, for uh, a conservative like me that's a good thing <laughs> it, it, it she generates that the royal family generates a net positive yeah, she generates a lot of a lot of business for the uk mm -hmm. an awful lot of tourism right i mean back in 92 when the, the fire at windsor castle happened and that was her second home and that was almost destroyed and the uproar we're going to have to pay to repair this well then 
actual fact, she she didn't take state money to repair Windsor Castle. She had some funding, funnily enough, I think she had funding from the lottery. Hmm. But she also opened Buckingham Palace for the first time ever as a tourist attraction. So she opened it for so many months of the year and had tourism in. Tourists in and that is what paid to repair Windsor Castle. Genius. No taxpayers' money went in to repair that. And that was a massive, um, obviously, cost after the fire. So we talked about before uh, about how we knew this was coming, right? Your, your country, the UK knew this yeah. was coming. I mean, I mean, when we talked, you know, several months back, w- she wasn't in great health then. But so we knew we knew this was coming. There were some thought, man, she might even she might she might out outlive Charles. <laughs> But because he he's the oldest oldest monarch to take the throne he's the oldest monarch to take the throne and he's also been the longest in waiting right that's amazing that's amazing so how will the how will the country handle this uh we're in a state of mourning at the moment yeah um and but the the issue is this today as we record Charles has been sworn in as king. He automatically, as soon as the queen passed, became king by succession. There's no need for any legal documentation. It just happens as he becomes head of the the royal family and head of the Church of England. So that that now the physical swearing in has happened this morning and in coming months, after a period of mourning, I think the funeral is probably going to be on the 19th of September, Monday the 19th. Mm. And then in maybe three or four months time, we will have a coronation of King Charles III. Now, it depends on the size and the pomp of whether or not it will be as big as the Queen's the Queen's um funeral, or whether it will be a little bit smaller just to show respect for that. I'm not sure. But it will probably be I'm 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 thinking it may be just before Christmas or it may it may wait until the new year. But he he's not gonna be held in the same esteem as the Queen. The country is pretty much split down the middle for and against Charles. It may have been a long time ago, but we many of us still remember the the divorce mm-hmm. from Diana Spencer, mm-hmm. the the most the most public of divorces I think there's ever been, and so I think a lot of the country still remember that, and of course, obviously, the passing of Diana. And interestingly enough, Diana's funeral was a public bank holiday. We closed all the shops. And I'm not sure that they're going to do that for the Queen. That may cause a few problems. How could they not? Well, I've just looked at the latest, literally uh, before we came on this call, I looked at the latest, and it is saying that it's going to be a bank holiday. Now, bank holidays are a public holiday, like you have Labor Day and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But there's nothing legally saying that shops have to close. Now, 
on a bank holiday, that means banks, schools, well, here in the UK, schools close at the drop of a hat anyway. If we get two snowflakes, the schools close. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. But because um, they were closed Friday. Um, if we want to measure the, the immensity of it, there's no football this weekend. Mm. No soccer. Now that, I can't remember the last time football stopped, maybe for a day. But never, never, never for the whole weekend, the whole week. There's no football. Uh, incredible, really. So it is going to be a bank holiday, but in name only. In other words, the banks will close. Public servants will, will have a day off. The post office, place like that, will be closed for the day. But there's nothing stopping a company like the company I work for saying to me, look, you're still contracted to work Monday. We expect you in. So they did that for Diana, but they may not do that they, for the Queen's funeral. For Diana's funeral, but they may not do that for the Queen's funeral, which is a travesty as, as far as I'm concerned. I From do the remember. Yeah. I do remember. And I, I was in a, a job at the time where I was scheduling people's hours. And I had to give people time off the night after the so if you worked the night after the funeral so the funeral was on monday i think and say it was on a monday i had to give the monday night off even though they could have stayed and watched they were not working all day monday they still were entitled to have that night off and if they worked the sunday night and the monday night they were entitled to both nights off because i was working night shifts at the time right so and now to say that people, if you're working from, it will start, I believe, at um, nine o'clock in the morning. So if you start work at eight o'clock in the morning and work till five at night, they are, uh, there's, there's nothing saying that they could not schedule you still into work. Mm. Hmm. If you work in a private company, they're gonna, they, so it's not really a bank holiday in, so that might cause a few yeah outrageous i can imagine that where i work there are going to be a few people a little upset that they've got to work you know it's, my wife will be home by then but you, you know on, on on from over here i can i can understand that um i mean I, I would me personally i'm politically i probably lean more libertarian meaning you, you do what you want to do and i do what i want to do and as long as you're right to swing your arms stops up my nose and I, I just let me do what I want to do. Now, uh, understanding that point of view, I, I, I understand that. Hey, listen, if I want to open up my business, I should be able to open up my business, but culturally that's not the same for you, Kevin, no. culturally and traditionally, you know, if, if they, if they forced cl businesses to close when Diana doing for Diana's funeral, how could they not do it for the queen? I, I just don't, I just don't understand that. Can we talk a little bit about, line of secession again yeah. um the well i do want to say this before we, you, you know that over here one of the one great honor that you can show a person or you can show one great honor that you can show is to fly the american flag at half mast there are many government buildings government buildings here in the united states including ours in the state of ohio that have ordered their their flags to be flown at half mass now. Yeah, 
Now, in the UK, where just down the road from where I live, there's a Union Jack. Okay, it's a Union flag, but we won't go there. So what you would refer to as Union Jack, and it's flying at half-mast. Mm-hmm. Now, the flag above Buckingham Palace is flying at full-mast. Hmm. And the reason for that is because at the moment, King Charles is in, is staying at Buckingham Palace. As soon as he leaves Buckingham Palace, that the flag, his flag will come down and the Union flag will go up and it will go up to half-mast. Well, it will go right up and then it will come down to half-mast. Because he's in residence. And this was when Diana um, died Nobody was in residence at Buckingham Palace and there was no flying because there never used to be if somebody wasn't in residence. And we didn't fly the Union flag above Buckingham Palace. We flew the the, the Lions, so the, the Queen's flag, Understood. or now the, the Kings. So but if he's in residence, that will fly at full mast. If he's not in residence, they changed it. The Union flag will fly, which is the Union Jack as everybody refers to it. Or everybody would recognise. So the Union Jack will fly at half mast everywhere in the UK. Mm-hmm. At every building that's got a flag, it will be flown at half mast. Okay, but because he's in residence, it flies at full mast, which I would I didn't un, I didn't understand or recognise until such time as I noticed it on the on the news on Friday on Saturday, yeah Friday because he'd now come down from from Scotland to Buckingham Palace. He came down from Buckingham Palace and interestingly, he stopped before he entered the grounds of Buckingham Palace, got out and did a walk around. Now there's nothing that strange in the fact that he did a walk around. The strangest thing was that he didn't go into Buckingham Palace and get out of the car and come back out, which would be the normal procedure. When Diana died, and they laid the flowers, but laying the flowers now, he came out with the boys and they walked as he did yesterday and met the public. He did that yesterday exactly the same as he did when Diana died and spoke to the, the public. And that's that's something that he's done just to show his respect and to talk to people. And, and people were, well, you know, obviously upset. If you're going to Buckingham Palace now to lay flowers you're making that effort you're obviously very pro the royal family and you feel a commitment to go so obviously the people that were there were the fundamentally really invested in the royal family so yeah it's it was great to see him speaking and taking time with the public and showing that he, what king he intends to be mm-hmm. and hopefully he tends to carry on in the same manner in which his mother done for 70 years so hopefully that's what's going to happen but yeah it and as he entered as the car pulled up and he got out they put the flag up to full mast so and they took their union jack down and put the the standard up to full mast so king charles and it is weird even even weird for me to say it in a small sort of way um and i noticed that you you yourself even kind of stumbled over it a bit to say oh, yeah. King Charles. So King Charles is in his 70s, right? He's 73 years 73 old. 73 yeah. years old. So let's say he has let's say he has 20 years in him, okay? Let's say he has 20 years in him. Uh 
next in line would be William. William. Prince William. Okay. And Harry is completely out of the line, right? Difficult situation. Now, yeah, Harry's not not in the picture at all. Um, we were discussing this. Funny enough, we were out for a walk just before I came on with my wife, and we were discussing them when we were out walking. And I said, "Well, I don't know because they still keep referring to him as Prince Harry." And at the time when he left the royal family and went to live in America with his wife, and that's and gave up his royal duties, he stopped being a a, a royal a member of the royal family. I mean, significantly, I don't know how closely you followed the passing, but on the BBC coverage, it made a big thing of the fact that his brother and his wife and his uncle and some other people flew up in a Learjet to Balmoral, to the airport close to it, and Prince William drove them himself to Balmoral. But Harry, who has been in the country for some time, had to drive himself up in a car from wherever he was in the UK. They wouldn't put, they didn't put a, a flight on for him. Now, as my wife said, he could quite easily have flown himself up there because he is an helicopter pilot. But I think the significance was that he was left to make his own way to Balmoral, mm-hmm. whereas the others were not. Right, he doesn't. He doesn't have any any security, any royal security, or anything when he's in the UK, right. which I know was a uh, something he wasn't he wasn't very happy about because obviously he's concerned for his own family. Right. Well, he 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 made that choice, right? Yeah, he made that choice. Understanding but the, the, the incredible, yeah, the incredible thing was they won't let him pay for it. Now that's interesting. Now, yeah, yeah, I know. We discussed sort of like from your point of view. So if somebody is at risk as a royal um, ex-member, even of the royal family, is a a high risk person, a little bit like an ex-president would be. So there's, they they usually have a security detail. Ex-presidents still qualify for a security detail in the US, as I understand it. Well, he doesn't qualify for that, and he can't even privately pay for it. So I suspect what he has done is he's hired private security himself. Mm-hmm. But the fact that he couldn't get funded himself using the royal security detail was was strange to me. But anyway, right. he's he's up there and he's gone up there and his his father, to be fair, did refer to him and did speak about him in his address yesterday. I don't know if you saw that. He addressed the, the country yesterday for the first time as King Charles the Third, which Still, to me, is quite a weird thing to say and makes him sound like a dog, but there you go. A breed of dog. <laughs> so let's talk about the formal mourning process. Over here, we have, you know, if a president dies, he typically will lie in state for a certain period of time where he, his coffin is on public display for, for people to come and see for 30 days or something like that. And there's, there are some other things, but it, do you guys, will you guys have a formal mourning process? Yeah. Well, Prince Charles has called for 17 days of mourning mm-hmm. and me and my wife were trying to figure out what the 17, why it was 17 days, but I think it was 17 days because they're basically looking at the 19th of 
of uh, this month for the funeral, which would be a Monday, which obviously would fit in with the usual procedure in the UK to have a bank holiday on a Monday. I don't like to have it middle or end of the week. So, yeah, well, she's going to be in state and from beginning of next week until the funeral. So about a week she'll be laying in state. Understood. And people obviously will be able to visit there and sign the book of remembrance and so on. I mean, there's a book of remembrance pretty much in every church in the UK now. And and flowers are being laid at every pretty much every church in the UK. Westminster Hall, she will be laid in state, yeah. So and Kev- then she'll be buried in Westminster. Well, she will her funeral will be in West, Westminster Abbey, which is next door. What will you miss most about Queen Elizabeth II? I think that the thing that strikes me is that it something's missing now, something gone. I think that's some there's very little that I can turn to that has always been a constant in my life. I mean, my next constant, I suppose, is my wife. I've been with her 32 years. Um, other than that, I mean, I don't have any living relatives other than, I, um, other than a brother, which is, who, is, who I don't actually see often. But li- that is literally it. She's been that constant. That's somebody you you always know is there. She's always been there. We always know three o'clock on, on Christmas Day, we're, we're going to put the Queen's speech on and she will be there on, on TV for 15, 20 minutes and she will make a, a statement to the, the country on Christmas Day. And it used to be done live and it used to be a massive thing. You know, my mum used to go crazy at me when I was in my teens and I was going up to the pub to have a drink with some people on Christmas day. She said, you'd be back for three o'clock. And if I wasn't back for three o'clock, all hell was to play because you had to sit down and watch the queen. There aren't many things in UK life that have stayed constant like that. Uh, but the queen speech on Christmas day has been saying that uh, there's not many people alive that can remember. She, when she first come first came it was on the radio and then she was the first one to ever do a public announcement on tv and she's been through all of that and all through black and white color and she always kept up she was on twitter she had an instagram for god's sake (laughs) so she's gone through all those changes and she's always been there and she's not there now so there's just something missing there's it's, it's just something gone and i can't say that i'm you know bawling and crying over it but there's definitely a feeling there of loss and he and i'm not you know against the royal family i'm not massively i am probably more pro the royal family than most people would realize because i think they're good for the country i think they do a lot of good for the country and i i know that charles plans to narrow the royal family down and just concentrate on on a small group of the royal family but make sure that they are you are, are doing a job for the country rather than a bigger out spread family like we had in previous years i mean there are you know eugene and laverty and 
whatever their names are that you never see, but our princesses, I think he's going to really concentrate on just his close family and making sure that they're going out and they're shaking hands. They're going out around the world and touring and doing everything they can to bring the tourism in, to bring the deals in that we need, especially now we've Brexited, we've got out of Europe. We need to be trading with the rest of the world. And that's what I think he wants to do. That will probably be the difference. But yeah, it's, something's missing. Something's gone. Something's not quite, it's not quite right at the moment. Well, Kevin, we're you sorry know? for your loss. We are sorry for your loss. The, the, the world has lost a, uh, a person of dignity and honor. Your country has lost a figurehead. Uh, your, your country has lost uh, a constant like you said, something that's always been there that they could always depend on that they could always feel was a part of who they are. Uh, and I'm sure that, uh, King Charles will, will, uh, do, uh, do an admirable job as admirable as he can, but this is, this is certainly a loss and we are so sorry for your loss, my friend. Thank you, Joe. I think let's hope and, and pray that the, the King, does as good a job as the queen did for all those years. So long live the king. Yeah. Long live the king, huh? Let's go ahead and wrap this up right here, Kevin. Uh, this is, uh, of course, as you know, this is replacing our Monday's interesting headlines for the day. Cause I wanted to make sure that, uh, that I talked to, uh, Kevin Curtis Allen, our UK correspondent about the queen. And, uh, I certainly appreciate him coming in and talking to us about that. Right. Uh, if you want to give me your thoughts about the show, I would certainly appreciate hearing from you. Joe at thesimplejoe.com, or you can send me a text at 513-399-6468. I would love to hear from you. Puts gas in my tank. Uh, I, I get those texts, and I, as you know, I kick the show off again, and every day I hear I hear from one of you or two of you just saying welcome back, and that means a lot to me. If you like listening to the show, do me a favor, share it with your friends on social media. Uh, use the hashtag simple Joe is my friend hashtag simple Joe is my friend. I tell you, Kevin, you have some great memories of queen Elizabeth. Don't you? Yeah, I can remember a, a silver Jubilee, a diamond Jubilee. And of course the Jubilee that we've just had. Yeah, yeah. It's been an incredible ride. Yeah. Great memories. You can't replace memories, right? You can replace stuff. Memories are better than stuff. They certainly are. Remember that memories are better than stuff. Thank you so much for listening. Kevin Curtis Allen, I appreciate you. And I love you. But not in a weird way. (laughs) I'll talk to you later. Take care. Thanks, my friend.